Hello and welcome to the NCZ Speakeasy, where I have my friends on to talk about all things gaming, internet, culture, and other random current events. My name is NCZ, I'm your host. Today I have my friends Scott and Brandon on to chat with us. Buckle up and enjoy! All right, boys, thanks for being here. Um, so kind of one of my goals for 2021 is like, like the Nike, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Their, their phrase, you know, just do it. Slogan, so yeah, slogan. Thank you. So podcast is something I've wanted to do for a long time and I'm still kind of unsure like what direction I want to take it, but I'm just doing it, bro. So really appreciate you guys being here. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of random stuff today. And um, so to get started, my name is Nick, or if you've met me on the internet, NCZ. Um, I've been gaming since I can remember when I was probably like still in my diapers on the Game Boy Color, N64, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Pokemon Red and Yellow. Some classics. Right there, classics indeed. Yeah. Um, moved to Xbox, and now we're on that PC game. Uh, so anyway... Over to you, Scott or Brandon. Take it away. Just tell us your yeah, name and uh, yeah. a little bit about yourselves. My name is Brandon, uh, Brandon Spake, and that's usually what my gamer tag or, I guess, online name is Spake lately. So, yeah, I grew up playing whatever my games my older brother had. Uh, first ones I can remember are just ones from his old Super Nintendo, uh, just like wrestling and football games. And then we got a Nintendo 64 when I was about four or five. And Super Mario 64. Uh, I mean, Mario Kart 64, just, you know, the basic game. Star Fox, like, games like that were just... Ooh, Star Fox, I, yeah, bro. Yeah, grew up on. And, uh, yeah, I went from, the, uh, from there on to Halo and basically played Halo forever. And Halo and Guitar Hero were the games I, I played the most, and then... Yeah, that's yeah. I've been PC gaming random games since then, and then playing Halos when they come out. So, oh. dude, can I just say something? I totally forgot that you were like a young, or uh, excuse me, a young Guitar Hero legend. I remember uh, what was that was. Uh, German class when you were you got to bring in the the Guitar Hero thing. Yeah, and. What was that really hard song on Guitar Hero that you shredded? The Fire and Flames. Sheesh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that was sick. I know, everywhere I... That whole day, everywhere I set it up, that's what everyone would ask me to play, so I think by the time I got to German class, I was warmed up. Where you're, like, hands cramping at the end of the day? No, at that time, I was, like, in my prime, so I could play that song all day, but, like, now if I tried to play that song, my hand would cramp up after warm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a couple of months ago. I actually got to play Guitar Hero 3 again for the first time in a while. What? And to it. And I just went to, I knew I wasn't about to pass this on expert again, the, the, through the fire and flames, but uh, I was starting to try to play just in like the training mode, so I couldn't fail. And dude, it was like, not even like 30 seconds into it, my arm was like, give it out, I'm like, oh wow, it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> yeah, All right. there's, a, there's a game called Clone Hero that people made on the PC, and that's basically what people play now, it's just an emulator for Guitar Hero. And it has basically like the Guitar Hero 3 physics, I guess you could say. Yeah, Guitar Hero has physics. Like uh, the way the notes register and stuff and the hammer-ons and pull-offs work. But anyways, it has a lot of custom songs made by the community. And every, of course, all the old songs from the discs are remade and stuff. So it's good practice. But like Through the Fire and Flames now is just like an easy song. It, that like people, like the top Guitar Hero players... There's usually should be able to 100 percent it every time, but now the challenge is they all they speed up the songs. So like now the challenge is like they'll put it on 200 percent speed and try to 100 percent it. Sheesh, and, yeah. that's insane, like bro. That. I can't yeah. even imagine. It's stuff like that. No that's way. just crazy. Guitar has come a long way in the past what 20 years, 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I I stopped playing it back after Guitar Hero 3. That was the last one I really played. But yeah, back in the day I was good but that was before the tapping the two-handed tapping and all the you know mods and crazy songs that came out so yeah that's wild um scott tell us a little bit about yourself friend oh as uh you just said scott yeah scott it's f and scott handle i guess on uh 
scene and whatnot. A recent new PC gamer actually within this past year. For sure. Uh, yeah, it started off like SNES was uh kind of like the first game system I really ever played with. Uh really it was a lot of Earthworm Gym and Top Gear, which I was telling you earlier. Yeah, there's a Top Gear game on there, it was fun. I only got to choose between like four different cards though, which is a little in hindsight. I was like, I wish there's more options, but hey, it was still a really fun game. But going to N sixty four as well. Started off afterwards on Xbox. I kind of got a new system. Got into Halo as well. Uh, also, of course, some COD, Modern Warfare 2 on 360 after Xbox. But um, I've kind of been uh, all around, I guess, game-wise. Like a lot of RPGs as well. Got a Dark Souls kick. Oh, that's the one I can talk about. But Actually, yeah. right before we started, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about Dark Souls. I was like... Kind of trying to think of some more stuff we could talk about tonight. And we can kind of transition into this. Um, I was like thinking like in people's, like in y'all's opinion, what are like the top three or five games that require like the most skill to play? And most people think of like FPS games when they think of that. And that's understandable. But I was thinking about Dark Souls. Would you, Scott, would you say that Dark Souls requires a lot of skill or is it mainly like a lot of patience and waiting for like an opportunity to like attack your opponent? Well, I guess it goes on which way you actually look at it. If you're looking at it, I feel like like a PVE sense, there's a lot more of a sense you're saying of like kind of patience, learning timings and whatnot. Um, When it comes to the PVP side of it, like online, there's definitely, I feel a lot of skill uh, required and, uh, and that PvP on that, when you, especially when you get at meta levels, uh, especially the PvP in Dark Souls 3 is surprisingly has been going strong for a long time. It's actually, compared to, I mean, DS1 and 2, um, it definitely has more people actively playing. Uh, but you can go out there, get a character to solo level like 125 and start trying to invade or go into duels and stuff of that sort. And there's like a whole meta... Uh, still going, and that kind of stuff does take a little bit of skill. You can't really just go out there swinging all willy-nilly. It's kind of like a, almost like a dance, I feel, that you're just spacing and waiting for the timing and getting your attacks in when you know you can. So it is a little bit of patience aspect, but definitely PvP-wise. I feel it does take some skill to actually play. So similar to, like, Mordhau, kind of? Yeah, Mordhau, in a sense, I mean, of course its mechanics are... Completely different, I feel, than the mechanics of uh, Dark Souls, but in the sense of, I guess, like comboing and things of that sort, no when you can attack, it's, it's similar. Okay, but there's well, a lot more intuitive, like faking and actual. You can't fake in uh, Dark Souls, really. There's no once you swing your weapon, you're you're swinging it when you do it. Gotcha. Well, you just blew my mind. I didn't even know that Dark Souls had PvP. Is it is it like an open world game, like MMO style, or you like opt in to go into like multiplayer at the main menu? Well, you can turn online or offline off from the get go. Basically, it is it's kind of linear in a sense, but also not like it doesn't tell you which direction to go. There's generally multiple directions you can go. Uh, Dark Souls Three, I feel like, is a little bit more linear than uh, one or two. But um, it's kind of you progress through certain areas of the levels. They have their own bosses. And when you're online mode, playing through that normally, like you're just going through trying to beat the level or that area, you can have people who choose to search to invade uh, people who are embered because there's an item in there when you kill bosses and uh, an ember that when you eat it, it increases your health, but it also makes you active to be invaded. And invaders are there to kill you in your world to take your ember for themselves, basically. Um, there's a thought behind that so you can just be normally playing the game going through you might be about to get to your farthest you've gotten in one section and then all of a sudden you get invaded by someone and then you got to worry about defending yourself against an actual person comparison to the pve and um hopefully survive it and continue onwards if not you'll lose your souls you got to start over and go back for it but you can also in certain areas write down a sign so you can there's certain uh, sections of the the story or the levels that you can write a sign down. It's kind of like an area most people go to if they want to PvP. Like they can oh, okay. get there, summon someone in, and fight in this one area. That's cool. See, I don't know much about Dark Souls. Brandon, have you ever played Dark Souls? No, not at all. This is all 
it sounds like basically like Escape from Tarkov, but with swords, right? <laughs> That's what it sounds it, like, yeah. Or it's like you can lose everything, but it sounds like you can lose even more than Tarkov. It sounds yeah. crazy, like total reset. Well, at least in Tarkov, you, you lose your gear, right, when you, you die in that. Um, in Dark Souls, you don't necessarily lose your gear. You just lose the souls, and you have to either make it back to where you died at to get it. And if you die before getting there, you lost whatever that amount was. So when you actually get leveling up and get higher in levels, it costs more souls to put more points in levels. And when people get to like a certain, when I was saying earlier, like a soul level 125, that's kind of like a meta area in the sense of you got to focus uh, certain attributes to kind of build towards certain weapons because each weapon can scale with a different stat. And then you can also infuse certain weapons to scale with certain stats. Like certain weapons are probably bad initially, or I can say like, say you're running a, a, a dex build, even though everyone talks shit about dex builds, a lot of people go strength, I feel. But uh, you can put like a gem on a weapon, a sharp gem that will make it scale higher with dex, and certain weapons will have a bigger scale boost when putting a sharp gem on it. So people will have to build around kind of a certain weapon set, and they'd be limited on like health that sense around 125. Because pretty much after that, it's just, max level people will people will dupe souls and give themselves to everything 99 uh on your attributes and those kind of are just always the same anyone can do everything but 125 kind of then brings it down to like you got to have some skill and knowing where to put your points um and then it's like weapons that yourself would like or you would like to uh use Dang, this game sounds super in-depth. I think uh, it's the kind of game that I would spend way too much time on. And you sound like you have, like, Wikipedia-level knowledge on it. That's pretty cool. Um, I guess oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I guess when it comes to mechanics, I will say lore-wise, there's so much more to it, and I don't even know all the lore. I just kind of play the game and enjoy the art and the style and just the vibe of everything. There's definitely people out there who know more than me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. There's always um, someone. While you were talking, Scott, earlier, I looked up Top Gear on the SNES, and I put it in our Discord call here. I That's crazy. I didn't even realize yeah. Top Gear has been around, like, since then. That's it. That's you wild. Kinda, it's almost like your car would sit in the same dimension or space, if you will, and the road and everything would move around you. It's kind of like you were steering, trying to keep it on the road, and like when you go into turns, I guess <laughs> it had something in it to make it like sway out more like you're actually having a grip. And It's like your car's like, on a treadmill. Yeah, but that <laughs> treadmill gives physics to it, and you gotta try and... I, I'd never heard of this you. either, but apparently this game franchise is totally unrelated to the TV series. Wait, what? Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, it's not related to the TV series. Okay, I totally missed that. I went right over my head. No, I mean, I mean, it looks sim- like they even kind of ripped off the logo. It looks like, like I know. I don't know, or I'm not sure which one was first actually. Yeah, about more of top year ripped it's it off. Ninety-two. Hmm. True. Yeah, um, I don't know when top year actually started. I don't either. I'll have to look that up later. But um, well, that's cool. Appreciate once again, y'all. Introducing yourselves. Um, how is it? Everyone's 2021. So it is the 2nd of January. So we're like two days into the new year. Yes. Uh, my 2021 was, yeah, it was nice. Uh, had its ups and downs. Same, but same. Yeah, it was, it was long, man. It's crazy that the, the past couple of years seemed long with all the craziness going on in the world. Yeah, that's like true. I agree. When I was like looking like it's about to be 2021 a few days before the new year, I'm going, wait a minute, wasn't like yesterday just 2020? It's like crazy that we're already in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel mine went by pretty quickly as well. I mean, really just new job and working that, and then it just feels like the months just went by after that, always staying busy. Yeah, yeah, I feel that for sure. Um we have the same here, ups and downs. Um, yeah, 2021 was probably a, one of my tougher years in the past five or ten years. Um, but still had some victories in there. Um, just kind of figuring myself out and working through some tough stuff. But uh, yeah, overall, good year, you know. Got some good friends around me, you guys included, and 
lots of good family and yeah, so you made a cross-country move in 2021 yeah well right at the end of 2020 yeah. actually oh, okay so technically not yeah we got we got all settled in like right Gosh, before christmas yeah dude it's that i was thinking the same thing uh mm-hmm. actually i was like yeah we moved and then i was like wait a minute that was 2020 bro this is wild but um yeah just but i mean even then like we we got in at the end of 2020 but i mean moving across the country i was six months married settling you know getting settled in somewhere it was it was like march or april of this year before like i felt like i could kick my feet back and take a break yeah, you know what i mean goes, yeah. yeah so but that's good um yeah it's cool scott i was really glad to hear that you know you got that new job and it seems really good i was afraid we'd never hear from you again but it, i'm <sighs> glad that we've been able to hang out you know a few times a week mostly so that's been fun yeah, i thought i was going to be pretty busy especially initially going to night shift because the day's off uh, you know i was i was up during the night but then everyone will get to sleep at their normal time and then i'm up so yeah that's rough i'm glad i got away from night shift night shift isn't bad but i hated night shift dude yeah but other other exciting things this year uh specifically in gaming um We've all played Halo, and that was actually probably one of the hypest um, releases in gaming in quite yes. some time because they released the multiplayer like a month early. Yeah, yeah December 9th was the date in everybody's head, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking December. I think it was like the day that the campaign actually got released, but yeah. that was a... That was an interesting turn for them to go ahead and throw it out there. Sure, I guess it was still kind of... I don't want to say beta, but you know, they probably were running some tests in that initial month before campaign came out. Cause they made some changes, you know, after that month, I feel updating kind of, like you yeah, there was the, there was like the, the closed alpha where you had to be part of the, you know, the halo waypoint, you know, early access program. Yeah. That was earlier this year, earlier in the summer. And then they're like, thanks. That's going to be it basically till the release, which is still beta technically. But then, yeah randomly in november at the i think it was the microsoft showcase or xbox showcase or whatever it was everybody's wearing halo shirts and stuff and i'm not sure how i saw it i think one of my coworkers actually tagged me and was like hey you should tune into this microsoft thing because everybody's wearing halo stuff and it keeps there's you know there's like halo posters in the background and stuff and and then reddit started i get started you know notifications from the halo reddit that like you know everybody's like everybody should tune in I know, and of course. I know. Halo I hit you up started. that day too, and I was like, "Yeah, Bro, I think you even, yeah, you." I'm pretty you sure brought... it's coming out today. Yeah, you did too. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, it's like I was, I was totally, you know, oblivious to what was going on, and yeah, even you texted me and you were like, "Hey, Halo might be coming out," and I, was, I think I was really, I was like, "Nah, I would have, you know, I would have known about this one, or you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I said something like that. Too. I was like, I was "Like, nah," I was like, "Nah, probably not." You know, I doubt it. Whatever, and then. But I still, I still opened it up in the back of the stream, and then all of a sudden, sure enough, like, like a Halo like video cinematic started, and then I was like, oh, cool, maybe it's just like a one more, tra- you know, gameplay trailer, and then basically they said like multiplayer is ready to play, and like right now, and that was like on a Tuesday or something random. Yeah. And so I got no work done that day. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's it was nice. That was a nice surprise. I was really hyped. Yeah, for sure. I w- I've never opened up Steam and spammed download faster. No, it was it was really it was really an, an interesting way to release a game because I've 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 stood in line at midnight and stuff and done that, but like I've never like yeah scrambled to like oh I got to like gotta click and click this and like it was I was freaking out. Yes, I can. Yeah, yeah. I literally had work to do and was just like thinking about man, this is this is gonna suck because I'm definitely not doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it was fun. Um, you guys still enjoying Halo? I know you are, Brandon, but what about you, Scott? Oh, yeah, no, I still enjoy it. I haven't played it actually a little bit recently. Uh, man, I'm getting in like my, my game a day. I already got the Battle Pass. I actually grinded through already. Dang, um, I see you, bro. Yeah, it's, uh, I kind of just been helping on getting the daily plays for the event, the little winter event thing going on. But I've actually been playing a lot of CSGO recently. Oh, nice. Hey, that's a classic. I've seen and heard people play it. Like, I've, I knew it was around. I actually used to surf, I guess, longer 
like a couple of years back, like I kind of got into it by surfing because another one of our friends, actually, you know, Johnny, I uh, was over there talking about it when I was at uh, his place. And I was like, oh, look, I feel like I could do that and hopped in and started doing it. And uh, ended up liking that, but it wasn't until recently that I actually tried playing the game, you know, going the rounds and trying to plant the bomb or, you know, defuse it. Yeah, yeah. There's that, that game takes a lot of skill and a lot of teamwork. Um, it's a it's an exciting like uh, game for esports too, because because of like you know the one shot headshot mechanics and stuff like that, um, you can have like some crazy plays come about where like one team has the obvious advantage and some dude just goes like beast mode and like wipes three people and defuses the bomb, you know. It is, there's some hype moments within that when people hit those kind of shots, especially if you see them with the op or something come around and manage to snipe down three people and yeah. rotate and defuse and leave some random turns of the game, as you're saying, when someone could have like the obvious advantage. It could happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a few other things that happened in 2021 that are worth um, talking about. Nintendo All-Star Brawl. We haven't played that game in a while. Um, it was really, really fun when it first Nickelodeon. came out. All-Star Brawl. What did I say? I say it all the time. Nintendo. Oh my gosh, bro. Thank you. My bad. (laughs) You could. I say it all the time. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Um, I'm not like super into the fighting games, but I had fun playing with y'all, playing my Korra, uh, just dominating. Um, (laughs) I did have a question for, I guess, Scott, you got pretty big into it um, for, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. What yeah. what is the appeal there? Like I know it's very competitive and like especially Super Smash Bros is like from what I've from my knowledge it's like very balanced. But tell me tell me about that a little bit. Like what what's the appeal with like these fighter games that people like what why do y'all enjoy them so much? Well, I mean, it's not really all fighting games I enjoy. I do like the kind of layout of uh kind of like the Super Smash style kind of like platformer fighters. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of like Mortal Kombat or things of that sort. Uh, it's kind of like the two-dimensional, if you will, planet you move on uh, when fighting. Yeah. But um, really, I mean, just the fact that it was Nickelodeon characters, like it was, it was the concept of wanting to play as like Reptar or play as Nigel or something like that and start fighting other people who are okay. also the Nickelodeon characters. It's, it's just a, it was that's kind of one thing that appealed to me there. I got you. Plus, it was a little bit more mashier. I feel like it's more quick pace, um, quick, like quicker pace than Smash. Okay. Uh, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Brandon? What What's the appeal? You're You're super big into Smash. I think you still play. You know, every once in a while. With... Oh yeah, yeah. I actually played some last night for the first time in a long time. Okay. Um, but no, no. The uh, I, the I never really was into fighting games like growing up. Um, I was mostly into first person shooters and stuff like that. But uh, when Smash Ultimate came out, I got super into it just because the guys at work were playing it and stuff. And I started, I, I, I grew up playing Halo and stuff, and I feel like that's a very balanced and competitive game with a large skill gap. Um, and so when I started playing Smash Ultimate, I, I remember playing it as a kid at friend's house on the GameCube and stuff, just in passing. And it was a fun game where you could just use these wacky characters to like throw you know, Pokemon at each other, and like, you know, that was about all I remembered. And then, but I remember playing it with all the competitive settings on and like against people that knew what they were doing. It was like really, it was, I started to realize like how well balanced this game is with 80 plus characters. And then I started to look up streams and stuff and watch pros play it. And then it just blew my mind at the pace that this game could be played. And I, I couldn't even comprehend it at first. I still remember watching streams like, I have no idea what's going on. And, but then I started learning the advanced tech that goes along with it. Like there's so much advanced little things uh, that you don't really know unless you start playing the game that um, everyone can use to their advantage. And uh, it's just little things like that, that really make it, um, uh, I guess, appealing to me. And, but what keeps me coming back and I guess I think Scott will agree is the combos uh, and just basically anytime you get a, a KO in either of the games, it's just super satisfying. You just get a little shot of dopamine anytime you get you know connect one hit with another with another, and then they can't get out of it. And it's like 
it's just like it's just very satisfying to connect combos and get get KOs and just get the wins and it's constantly learn and get better. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's just super satisfying. Um, and then, but uh, so Nintendo All or see there I go I did it too. <laughs> Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. It was way fast paced. It was um, not as balanced and way more fast paced. So it was uh, it, it was more fun in short term, but in the long term, Smash is still you know gonna go the distance it's obviously it's still going to be a big game it's the the viewership and player base of uh, NASB has basically died off and smash is bigger than it ever was before so yeah anyways it's they're both really fun satisfying games but i think like scott said the big appeal to NASB was the characters the 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 mystery and wonder of a new game and stuff and supposedly it had you know mechanics that were drawn from you know smash melee and stuff like that and it was fun but i think it just kind of had to everybody played it everybody felt the meta and everybody got burned out quickly and then yeah smash mm-hmm. and other games came out i mean tons of other games came out right after that, that had another thing to do with it so yeah, it yeah. Just bad timing on their end so for sure. doing balances and stuff and even recently i haven't played it yeah. much since then but garfield being added into the game yeah yeah and i mean you look at smash yeah. and it's been around for like 20 years you know from the N six from the N sixty four to the Nintendo Switch, so mm-hmm. they've had some time to like really master and kind of like be like, okay, this is what people like. This game, you know, uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl just came out, so but yeah, that's cool. Um, I was just curious because like I have fun on those games, like I like to play with y'all and goof around and stuff. I don't take them super seriously, but uh, I know you guys really enjoy them and like do the rank stuff and get pretty competitive with it so like i just for me like really i think it just comes down to that i just suck at them so it's like i don't No, that's that's the thing i was going to say is that's one of the other things that's super fun about them is that if you feel like you suck at it it's it's not like a team-based game like halo or counter-strike where it's like you can't just solo queue and you can get better as yourself but you might not rank up and reflect that or you might not see that but in a solo fighting game like this, it's like all you have to focus on is your gameplay and your mistakes. And so it's really f- like fun and satisfying learning from your mistakes and then learning new tech that you didn't know. Like, you know, learning new mechanics in the game that you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's really fun to learn and focus on yourself. Like every time I play Smash, I'm, I feel like I'm learning and getting better. But so is everybody else in the world that's grinding and playing. So... Yeah. It's just it's, the meta is crazy. It's super deep, big skill gap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, some other stuff that I have down here, um, and this is kind of like random, but when I was doing some research on 2021 and what was going on, a new Hitman game came out. And I've never played a Hitman game. I watched my brother playing them growing up. But I remember I had so much fun watching XQC play Hitman, and I think I only watched him play it for like a day. <laughs> But he just went through on this level he was on and literally, like, killed everyone in the level. It was, like, this really nice dining place. And he, in that game, you can put people in, like, cupboards and stuff. And he just, like, was trying to see how many people he could shove in one single cupboard. And I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it was. But anyway, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, Is there anything from this year, notably, that, like, gaming, internet, otherwise, that, like was a highlight for for you guys yeah i mean gta rp was like got bro, a revival don't, and don't I, get me started bro <laughs> we don't have we don't have to talk you know too big on to in our specific you know uh you know endeavors but anyways the it was, it was pretty cool seeing that have like a revival on twitch and stuff and uh, it's it still is pretty big and stuff but it was just funny seeing that uh, i don't know i feel like the the pandemic it was just a lot of people were getting PC gaming PCs and stuff like that. And people that me included that never really paid attention to GTA or uh, the GTA RP, especially started playing it. And uh, it was just, it was just huge. People had people started getting like a nice little escape. Uh, it was just, it was just funny. A ton of top streamers that never played and were, were playing. And I still watch streamers play it that have no, you know, they don't belong in RP servers at all, but they're yeah. still there. And it's hilarious. Like, 
like XQC, of course, it's fun just to watch him get almost banned every time he plays. Yeah. And then watch, uh, watch Pokey Laws just ride his BMX bike everywhere and show people his tricks that are you know, just totally like, Dude, fail RP, but he just I, he doesn't get banned. Can I just say, I, I've never watched him before, and I recently watched him like a month and a half ago playing GTA yeah. RP. And honestly, that dude is hilarious, bro. Yeah, his little BMX Bob. stuff where he just drives straight at a building and then ends yes, up on top of it. Yes, It's like... Just, I, just watch this. <laughs> and he does it like running away from the cops and stuff. Yes. Did you see that he got like special permissions? Like he can go unconscious now? He doesn't have to get like revived by medics and stuff? Really? Yeah, because oh the EMS gosh. got tired of coming and picking him up. <laughs> pick him up from a wreck. Now he just like gets concussions, and like sixty seconds later, he can self revive. Oh my gosh! I know they did add um, like where you can go unconscious, unconscious. if you get yeah, like punched it's like enough. The, it's like them for it's like that for him, but every single time now. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> it's because they got tired of dealing with him. Oh gosh, but yeah, now I watch him. He's he's a pretty That's like great. cool streamer. He he gets like he has a lot of viewers normally, but I feel like. No one really talks about him. He's kind of like underrated, but he's yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just a yeah. It's like a the, one of the least serious streams you can ever watch. No matter what he's playing, it's just like super chill or just like he's just laughing or playing. Or like, cameras off and he's just like playing a dumb game and just yeah. He's just like this. super chill, like yeah, yeah. And and the music he listens to is just like you wouldn't expect a little guy like him to like listen to that like heavy just trap music, like yeah. slapping bass and stuff. Yeah. He looks, like he, be, he looks like he could be. like he could be like Andy Mil- Milanakis's cousin or something. <laughs> exactly, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's surprisingly <laughs> hilarious. Man. Yeah. But um, speaking of GTA, bro, like it's amazing to me. GTA came out now over ten years ago, and it's still going strong, solely because. Yeah, it came out in two thousand eleven. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So. That is what I look back at. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? And um, what I was going to say is, like, the reason the game has done so well for so long, I think, is because of the ability to mod the game. Like, that's why we have these RP servers now. And it's like, I wonder if other developers have seen this and, like, have taken any notes. Because, like, to be able to develop a game that people... You know, hundreds of thousands of people are still playing 10 years later. Like, that's pretty crazy. Like, I know I bought GTA on the Xbox last 360. Gen. Last, last gen. Yeah. The Xbox One and now the PC. So they've yep. gotten like, you know, 200 bucks for me. Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. titles alone. Yeah. And I so, know I like, used to spend, yeah, I've probably spent, I don't remember exactly, but I spent some, some amount on probably the currency back when I was like a teenager. For yeah. GTA Online, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm sure they've gotten royalties from my, you know, gold memberships over the years and other stuff like that. And then who knows? I mean, yeah. And here at what 20 years later or 10 years later, just about playing like modded versions of it still that I have to have the title for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's yeah, they're definitely milking that cow. But it's yeah, there's not many games like that ever. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's Fortnite's not going to be a game like that. It's probably one of the biggest games ever. Minecraft, Minecraft is one of the few like that. That's true. That that's true. Has a huge Counter Strike is one of the few. Yep. Um. But yeah, not even Halo. Halo can't really say that. It doesn't Halo it dies? Uh, usually after each major release, after at least after Halo Three. Yeah, yeah. Like they're um, they're like uh, you know they last a few years and then they they come out with a new game, fresh update, and everyone moves on to that. So it's like. But no, it's like one title, GTA Five. That's yeah. crazy. It's, it is. it's one For title. Decades. Yep, that's yeah. wild. But um, what about you, Scott? Anything from this year related to gaming or internet that big highlights from the year or this pr- past year? I was stoked to see the uh, the actual release date confirmed for Elden Ring. Actually, uh, February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yep. So I've been waiting a long time, like almost like two years, for uh, information about this game. Cause there's a release at an E3 about two, three years ago, kind of like just a, a teaser of it being made. It's a From Software game, same company that has done uh, the Soul series, like Dark Souls oh, 1 and okay. 3, uh, Bloodborne, Sekiro. Uh, Dark Souls 2 actually wasn't a From, uh, wasn't the same. But um, either way, yeah, it's from them. And actually with George R. R. Martin, um, 
is co-working with him. So it's a story, I guess, that he kind of had the idea of and then gave him probably like a paper. It's like, yeah, hey, here, this is what I have an idea of. You know, make this world. And they pretty much have like done that. And they, uh, the closing uh, like demo, if you will, that happened, it was like about a month or two ago. I actually got to see some gameplay from it. And it actually looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, when the okay. difference in this compared to the other ones is it actually is open world compared to being more linear. Okay, so this is the first time I've heard about this game. So is it going to be like a Dark Souls-esque uh, in the mechanics and stuff, just open world, or tell, tell, tell me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it has uh, pretty much exact mechanics as Dark Souls 3 for the most part. Um, uh, just with it being open world, it kind of does have... It, it seems almost more calm in some areas, and then all of a sudden you get somewhere and you get like that kind of room from room dark souls vibe whereas uh like in the normal dark souls game you know you get like one spot to the next you know there's going to be like some deadly things there that can kill you very easily um and this it kind of gives a more open space to just kind of like just appreciate the design and everything without having that kind of uh constant like fear of every corner is going to have something uh, but there are still things out like in the world from what i saw at least just from this one little area they're allowed to play in um, for the demo for release, uh, but the boss fights uh, that were in there uh, and the kind of like the actual fighting, like the way everything flowed, was very Dark Souls esque. Okay, it looks That's like cool. it's gonna be satisfying. Yeah, I pulled it up here uh, on my iPad, and the the like screenshots from the game and like the world look sick. They look awesome. Um, I'm gonna have to check that out. But, um, okay, something else that came out this year that I sunk way too much time in. Um, I hope my wife's not listening because I think she's still kind of mad at me. But, um, New World. And I don't think either of you played that. It's, it's a fun game, and I won't spend a lot of time on it. If you guys have any questions about it, like, let me know. But that game came out this year, I think, in the first, like, two weeks or something. I put, like... 160 hours into the game or maybe three weeks i can't remember but um i played a lot of it i haven't touched it in probably two months or you know a couple of weeks after it released just been doing other stuff focusing on other stuff but that's a really fun game really cool mmo um and the one cool thing about it is most mmos require like a monthly subscription New World does not. Um, you just pay for the game, and then you get to play it online. So it's mainly focused on... It was originally designed for to be PvP-based uh, only, and then once they announced the game and talked about it, people were like, well, this game would be sick if it had PvE as well. So as, as the time is going on, they're adding more PvE aspects. Um, so it's a fun game. I had a lot of fun with it. I'll probably revisit it at some yeah. point. I got to play a little bit, um, not so much. I think I, I was getting sidetracked by other things around then, uh, gaming-wise, and didn't hop on as much as I thought I would initially. But it did seem like it. I mean, it had that playability potential to put put a lot of hours into it. Kind of grindy, uh, but you know that's what a lot of people look for in MMOs. That's right. You did buy it, right? Did uh, Frog buy it as well? Y'all both bought it, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He okay. definitely played it more than me. Um, cool. I only got, oh gosh, or not as many, nearly as enough hours into it as I should have for paying it or buying it. But uh, I still haven't. Eventually, I feel like I'll make my way back to it, but I just haven't yet. Yeah, I yeah. actually uh, had to get that uninstalled so I could uh, put Sea of Thieves on for our recent endeavors that we've had. Bro, don't get me started on Sea of Thieves. It took you five years to download that game. Five years? Talking about yeah. Five I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Long. Yeah, the, that, that's what it felt like when trying to download it. Honestly, I don't know what was going on with my internet then, but it downloaded so slow for me for some reason. Yeah. Um, depending, did you get it through Microsoft or Steam? They got it through Steam. Oh, that's odd. Normally, Steam does pretty good. Um, other than that, um, nothing else really from 2021 that I've got here. Um, there is an interesting article that. I think both you, uh, Scott, and Spake will find interesting. Um, there is a Halo Infinite, or Halo player, and 
uh, Spake. Let me know if you know this guy, Mint Blitz. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, he's Australian, and yeah. or Australian New Zealand region at least, and makes yeah content that like just crazy clips. Dude, he went on. He won 100 free for all matches consecutively recently. Like what? Without losing a game. Yeah, he's insane. Like that That's is wild. crazy to me, dude. Because I mean, to win a free for all, you have to come in first place. Like, yeah, I thought that was crazy. You'd have like, to technically, say say again. In Halo, technically, the first three placements are for are winners. Okay. Um, maybe, but if he got first, you know, if he got a hundred first place wins, that's way more impressive. But still, both are both are insanely impressive. But uh, but still, no. Mint Blitz is insane. Has been making content for a long time since you know, as long as I can remember. Just one of the most consistent like montage makers out there. Yeah, really yeah. insane clips. Well, that's it, crazy. I didn't know he was that good at uh, free for all. Yeah, in this in this article, it doesn't say whether they were all first place. So if I had to guess, probably was. I mean, it sounds like a crazy challenge to do on the stream. That something something they would do. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt at all that it was 100 first place wins. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it seems like a, it could be a way to clickbait. Because I, it, and I also don't know about Infinite in particular, but in the pe- previous Halos, like in the Lone Wolves post on Halo 3, you could rank up and get XP as long as you're in first, second, or third. Okay, that's cool. Yep. Um, and while we're talking about Halo, Spake, uh, and yes. Scott, you can chime in too, but Spake's had a lot more experience than both of us on, uh, in Halo competitive and how it works. Um, what are your thoughts with Halo Infinite coming out? Me and you sat and read an article about this year's, uh, competitive season. Um, so what are your thoughts on like Halo competitive? Are you excited? Do you plan on doing any of the like open brackets competing? Um, Tell me about it, man. Yeah, I'm excited to definitely watch it all and uh, see how it all goes. I don't, I don't plan on competing because to compete, it, it, it's a team game, so you need four, and I don't uh, really have a team of four. So no, I've, I've subbed in uh, in some scrims for a couple teams, but nothing, nothing serious. And I, I'm not grinding every day like I should if I actually wanted to compete. So no, like no, no plans to compete at all, but. It, it'll be definitely fun to watch. It's a really fun spectator game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I enjoy like it. recent I've been, tournament. Yeah, like I've been... In Raleigh, it was great to watch. Yeah, I've enjoyed watching clips and uh, rebroadcast... Re, excuse me. Rebroadcasts of, like, some of the uh, crazier games and stuff. Um, I just... Yeah, I didn't know, Spake, if you were... I know Halo 5 you got heavy into, so I didn't know if, like that fire was stirring up in you again or but that's cool um, yeah it's definitely fun i would i would be interested but i haven't been like searching for teammates and a lot of my friends that used to play back in the day aren't as big into it either so it's just i just play it i just play it casually competitively i'll just play some ranked every once in a while you know yeah yeah i definitely do enjoy the ranked aspect of it more so and i also do enjoy it more when i have a full like group of friends playing it yeah um, that's true I learned a lot of, uh, I guess, mechanics and how to look at Halo from Brandon. Just playing, like, it works. I just got to adapt it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brandon, you could be, like, uh, a coach for, like, an eSports team, bro. Yeah, I might do that for some of my friends that have full squads. I might just be their coach. Dude, when you make it to the top, don't forget about us, okay? All right. We're making those millions. Yep. Sounds good. I got you. Probably come back next tournament, give Cloud9 a run for their money. Yeah. Get up in there. Who's this random under? Who's this team? We don't even have a name. We're going to get sponsored by Moist Esports. That's, that's who. We'll get Charlie. Moist Esports? <laughs> yeah, just a content creator, Charlie. Uh, oh, the, that's uh, a guy's uh, name, actually? Penguins, yeah. Oh. That's an organization. Really? Yeah, exactly. I bet that triggers a lot of people. You know, some people, there's like a group of people in the world that hate the word moist. Yep. Uh, sure that's part of the reason why they picked that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's very likely. Free marketing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, it's not like they are, they just want to have people to be able to put like their sponsor on, I guess. It's not like they're out there 
like paying a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think he was saying he even wanted to be a kind of like a free sports team, but he had some people playing in some smash tournaments. Uh, yeah, doing really well. Sponsored. Oh, nice. Some gear and whatnot, and they're wearing it. Cool. Yeah, one of their players actually won a major recently, his first major in his career. Okay, nice. In, Cola, in uh, Halo? Georgia. Cola, no, Smash yep. Bros. Oh, yep. Smash Bros. Okay. Yep. It's from Georgia. From the from GA? Yep, and he means Roy. And he's one of the most entertaining players to watch on the game. Oh, nice. Yep. All right, Scott. We're, we're to your segment now. I need some help. Uh, oh, yeah. So, me and you, well, you have like a... And I, I don't want to say the wrong thing and sound like a noob, but I'm a noob. But you have a group of people you play or do Dungeons and Dragons with. And Dungeons and Dragons has always intrigued me and really piqued my interest, actually, when I started watching Stranger Things. You know, that's like, in the first season, that's kind of how, like... They were all... Yeah, yeah, they were all, like, doing that. So, anyway... um, Kind of explain that to me a little bit, like like I'm, if I'm a five year old, explain to me like how Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons work. Like I know I can go to the store and buy like a Dungeons and Dragons set, but like how do you get? I think it's called a campaign. How do you get a campaign started? I know also there's like a game master. I think is what they're called. There's so like the DM, the, the dungeon, dungeon master. master. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So explain that, some of that to me, like like very surface level because I'm not even there. Um, on how like how that all works. So, when it comes to the actual campaign, that is one of the DM like wanting to come up with a story or something they want to run to be able to have like this world that they've thought of to have other players you know make their character and then try and play. Uh, there are like books and stuff that have like campaigns written out. It has like all sorts of information. Which currently right now, I'm actually doing one. I me and myself have a DM, but um doing one that revolves around the Underdark, which is an area uh, within this D&D universe. But um, it's the, the sets and stuff you see may literally just be for minis if you maybe have planned in your campaign for this. But it's kind of like the DM going through, and each session he kind of describes and starts out like, you know, at the very beginning, you know, he probably has like a idea of a way everyone meets up. Like with this one, uh, we all met up actually being slaves, we were uh, caught in the Underdark and brought back to, you know, just be a slave at this uh, one city. And uh, it's just, it started off with our one of our party members being walked in and started there, which once she came in, we kind of like all started having to talk. And we had to basically figure out a ways to maybe try to find a way to escape. So we went through a couple of days of like actually being taken around to do uh some kind of like chores, if you will, just some slave work around uh, this this area here. And uh, we, if you, it's literally a game that's left up to the content and imagination of what you want to do. If he describes like an area, say there's like, I don't know, cupboard there, you can like, you can decide, now I want to try and sneak and look inside of this or something like that. And there could be things within there or um, this, it's, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of a way to let me do this let me ask you a question. Like, let's say we're in the same campaign and we both get to this camp or whatever you're describing, and I'm like, I want to kill Scott and take his shoes. Like, how, like, tech technically from like a from the game standpoint, how do I do that? Like, how, what does that look like? And literally, say the DM say you're wanting to kill me and take my shoes. If like. You can ask, like, kind of where we're sitting at, does, uh, does Scott notice me? Uh, and he'd probably be like, well, uh, make, like, an insider perception check. Um, and then you would roll uh, your dice and probably uh, whatever you roll plus your bonuses. Maybe say you, uh, with the way your stats are built up on your uh, character sheet, you get, like, a plus three or plus five or something like that to perception. So you'd roll, add that, um, and then it would come to uh, me doing also a roll, and maybe if mine's lower, then maybe I have no idea you're right there behind me, or maybe I roll to a point where, like, I know you're kind of in that general area, but I'm not really paying you any attention or something like that, and based off of that, you could then make a decision to be like, I want to sneak up behind him and stab him in the back. Um, He'd tell you to roll for sneak, and probably a stealth check to see what's going on. If you can sneak over to me, and if I would actually notice you, and then you would roll for your attack if you wanted to stab me in the back. 
rolling if you hit and get past my AC, you roll for damage, and then we kind of would begin to a fight aspect at that point um, where we could try and fight each other. And if you kill me, you could kill me and take my shoes. So then if I kill you, like you're out of the rest of the campaign the rest of the time? Yeah, that character's gone. Like, sure, you might, we could probably, at that point, then create a new character, and then DM would find a way to have that character be tied in somehow through the rest of the party's travels. But I would then become, I guess, in the GTA RP sense, like if your character is like actually dead, like you kill off a character, your other character is not going to know anything about the previous one. So I would just be another person showing up. Um, gotcha. Most likely, and kind of continue on from the story, but anything I would have built up with that other one, like, would have uh, would have been but, gone at that point. But this is all like predetermined. Like, you have to like come up with your character, his backstory or her backstory, their attributes. Like, like in an RPG game, like as you play through it, you get to like level all that up. But and I'm sure you do in D and D. But like, you would start out with certain attributes. Right. Well, yeah, it comes a lot to like physical races that you may choose. I'll give you certain attributes, uh, certain uh, classes that you try to go to or want to choose to use can give you certain things as well. Initially, when rolling out your character, uh, if you're starting like a level one, you literally will roll uh, some dice. Uh, I think it was a three, if I remember correctly, it was three six uh, six sided dice. You would roll. Uh, and you would take the lowest number out of the three out, and then whatever you had would be like that point for one of the sections of attributes of starting out you, you could use. And you would roll that out and choose which one you'd want to put in each section. So it's all kind of a way the dice roll at the beginning of how you're starting, like your base attributes are, because then you choose based off those numbers which one you'll put it into, and those give you certain bonuses within things. So if you're trying to build a character out, um, you if you want building a barbarian and the highest role you have, you probably want to put that into your strength. And then the next one, probably like dexterity or uh, something of that sort. And since you're not really going to care about being smart, since you go over and just hit things with big stick, if you will, uh, you can like put your lower numbers inside of like intelligence or charisma or something like that. Um, so just uh, you get your numbers that you roll yourself in the beginning of creating your character and then the, the race and, backstory ties into potentially giving you bonuses dang bro that's that's in depth i've been spoiled by video games like skyrim <laughs> you know you just kind of hop in there and you do it bro like oh man that sounds like, then, like a lot it's not like i came up with a whole uh book series of a backstory for my current character i kind of uh the the campaign we're doing right now actually has uh a few things in it that you can choose to maybe use in part of your backstory um, and the things that the, that the examples they give or the options they give you actually tie into where somewhere within the campaign that could come in handy or that could be like a little side quest thing for you because uh, currently like, I have one where I chose that uh, someone actually killed one of my friends and uh, I, I know that someone with a certain name within this whole world uh, may know of this person's whereabouts. So I kind of have like this side sub like mission while we're playing to if I ever see that name or hear that name to try and probably talk to him to figure out what this person is because I have my own vendetta that I'm trying to uh, uh, to complete. But, uh, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, that's cool. I appreciate you like giving me a little bit more insight. I, uh, the biggest thing for me in D&D is like like we were just talking about like it it takes a good chunk of time if you do it like every week or twice a week whatever you your group does and like I just don't have that right now. I'm just so busy all the time. So yeah, it's just on Thursdays once a week we'll meet up and probably about 4 hours of sitting around the table going Yeah. The yeah. Well, other than that, like, um oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, uh, I was just just for a little fun aspect that I actually had in the last session, uh, we ended where we were chasing someone, and we started where we saw them go into like these tunnels, and we started following. Well, in this one area, it ended up kind of looked like a dead end, but there were some mushrooms there, and someone decided to just cut them and ended up eating one, which ended up making them small, actually kind of an Alice in Wonderland type thing, and uh -huh. able to figure out that this is where this person went. Well, we harvested these mushrooms, got to the other side, um, I actually stayed small 
and I have a familiar, which is actually a turtle. Um, and I literally hopped on my turtle and was riding it because I was small. And we actually got into combat, and there was just like a very weak enemy in this area, but also just a bunch of actual like, uh, like swarms of these centipedes and spiders. And everyone else got big and was just kind of like swatting and stomping these bugs. But I'm sitting here in my aspect or perspective of being tiny, riding a, a war turtle, fighting these giant centipedes, slashing them away from my turtle. And I can almost imagine kind of a, a camera pan of like it zoomed in like to my area. Everything's just intense, fighting these massive things. And it zooms out. You just hear these tiny little screams of these people in normal size, just kind of swatting and killing bugs like normal. It was a little... Fun, uh, fun thing we did on that last one. Uh-huh. I had fun with. Yeah, yeah. That that the whole time you were telling that story, I was thinking of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yes, quite literally <laughs> like that. Like how the ants were, then in the grass, how big the blades of grass is. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah that's was, cool. Uh, that was a fun moment. So, I have a question for both of y'all. Um, so everyone here is on PC. When you look back, like, at your journey, I know I look back and I wish I would have invested and bought a PC, like, when I was in high school Sooner. still. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, Scott and uh, Brandon, do y'all ever, like, have those same thoughts? I know, Spake, you, you loved Halo, so, like, that was just on console at the time. So you may not have those same feelings. Um, but I just, this is, like, a random question I'm curious about. Yeah, that's that's basically how I feel. I'm I'm glad I played Halo and uh, like Guitar Hero was only on console and Skate was another huge game that I played a lot and that was only on console and so yeah. No, I mean I'm I'm glad I got a PC when I did. Maybe a few years earlier would have been nicer, but mm-hmm. um, no, I'm kind of glad I you know grew up at least on consoles because that's I guess a lot a lot of the games I still love were you know originated on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Scott? Do you concur, or do you have different feelings? Well, I do kind of wish I got into the PC aspect of it a little sooner, uh, just because I, I do just like the way everything kind of, I guess, works in comparison to console. I like the ability to use mouse and keyboard as well. But, um, I mean, I did have, you know, those certain classics, I guess, you can only play on console. Uh, when he was talking about Skate 3, that was a great one to play, of course, like Halo. I've even had some, like, PlayStation, uh, like, I remember playing Time Splitters and, like, Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation that you could only really play on there. And then one thing, I've talked about the Soulsborne series earlier, but uh, Bloodborne is actually only a Sony exclusive, so you could only play that on PlayStation. Um, gotcha. Which, uh, uh, it, was a, it was a good one to play through. It was, it was really good. Yeah, it was a good one, but, uh, PC-wise, I, I do wish I kind of got into it a little sooner, especially before this whole shortage of the graphics cards, it seems now. I oh my gosh, it's ridiculous, bro. And that's a perfect segue. I know we talked a little bit about this before we started the podcast, but um, are you guys, do you have, like, are, do you have any, like, involvement with, like, crypto, NFTs, or, like, any other investments, like in, like, traditional stocks? Nope, not at all. Yeah, same. Um, what about you, Scott? I do have a little in, uh, did some crypto. A uh, cousin was actually kind of, I guess, I don't want to say roped me into it, but he was telling me some things. I've seen some uh, some profit from it. But, uh, oh, nice. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't invest like other people have. Um, I didn't hit like that one that was like one-tenth of a penny that then went up to like a nickel overnight, and I put like 40000 or like... A ridiculous amount of money into it, and then all of a sudden, there's forty thousand tenths of a penny, then double or triple. I didn't, I didn't get that kind of experience from it. Yeah, yeah. Thing happened to me, but um, I'm also not like super big into it. I kind of just got some just to see how it would play out, and it, it hasn't been too bad. I don't understand it in the complete sense, crypto-wise. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, what I see on the screen is what I see. Yeah, yeah. NFTs yeah. are a whole other thing, though. Like. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of a scam, honestly. I mean, so with crypto, like, I want to be more educated on it. Like, I know that crypto is based on like blockchain technology, so it's like decentralized. Um, and then with NFTs, the marketplace actually you use crypto to purchase uh, like NFTs, 
which is basically like mo- most of the NFT space right now, as far as I know, is like um, digital art. And so it's a lot, and I, I won't talk on it because we're almost at an hour, and I wanted to wrap up then. Um, but it's pretty cool. I would look into it. I would look do some research on it. I think that now is the time to, um, if you ha- if you're able to, like, you can definitely make some money if you have some like spare savings to to mess around with. Um, there's also room to lose money, so it just depends on how much of a risk taker you are. Obviously, I'm not like a financial advisor, so I can't tell you what to do. But it's something I've been looking need to at. Educate myself more in in everything. Yeah, like, you know, crypto and NFT was. Yeah, well, I mean, as I get older, I'm like, I'm thinking too, like, I want to invest, like, I got money in my savings account, but it's not really doing much for me. So even like traditional stocks are a good option just to put your money there in like surefire things, you know, like, there's a lot of big companies out there that you can put your money in and you know that it's over year two, three, four, whatever, however long you want to leave it in there, like, you're going to be, it's going to grow. You may have times where it dips you know, real dramatically, but then it, it, it catches steam again. But um, just something that I've been looking at that I just kind of wanted to talk on. The NFTs are cool. Um, if There's a website called like openseas.io, and I've been just looking on you on there. That's like the NFT marketplace. So my wife does, she's an artist. So like I've been talking to her about like, yo, what if we like hop in the marketplace and you can like put some stuff up there? Like it might be a good way to make money. Legitimately, I feel with how it's set up, it's really good. You got like any kind of like artistic thing about you. Like it's really just kind of like making a character, and then it's just swapping basically what's on the character, the background. Is what I notice at least a lot. These That's what a lot people. of them are. The ones that are doing really well are like the the um, the eight bit little like stuff. I can't remember like the name. The monkeys of them. and there's like the lions I've seen too. Yeah. Um, um, those are doing well, but I think it can be anything, but those are just kind of like what's popping right now. Um, it's almost, I feel, look at it as a sense of like a trading, uh, trading card thing. Like they're trying to collect like a one, like these certain ones and like you get like that one that's the holographic rare or something like that that people are really striving after as a chance to like go up or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of what it feels like to me with this whole NFT thing at least with those what i see um i just don't i haven't looked into it in yeah the grand it's, sense. it's so intriguing to me and one of the coolest things is that like i'm pretty sure if i remember this correctly i could be totally wrong but i'm pretty sure like so like as an artist like jackson pollock for instance he has a lot of he's a traditional artist you guys have probably heard of him has paintings that are very rare very expensive when he painted those um, and sold them, I don't even know if he sold them while he was still living or, or what, but when he did, um, you know, he gets the price from that sale that one time. Well, those have been resold, you know, many times over, and he doesn't see any money. Like, as time has gone by, those paintings have gone up in value. So he's not seen any more money from that, you know? With NFTs, I'm pretty sure the way it works is if you make an NFT and sell it for, let's say, a dollar or like 0.01 Ethereum, yep. and then the actual original creator, yeah, next get some of the royalties, if you will. Yeah, next week it sells for five Ethereum, and then a year later it sells for fifty Ethereum. I'm pretty sure each transfer of ownership they receive some kind of benefit, monetary benefit from that. So that's pretty cool too. Um, just super interesting to me, super intriguing. Didn't know what, how much you guys knew about it, but um, definitely pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested to see what comes of it because it's like brand new. Just came out last year. NFTs like came to fruition, so I'm interested to see like where the next like five years go. I want to keep doing research and maybe I can kind of like get in in this ground level and do something cool with it, and or maybe not. Maybe I decide not to, but we can reconvene on that later on but um yeah that's really it do you guys have any anything to add to that i mean from one thing i think i understand about the nfts is uh 
I think it is per person that has had it. I think it's I know the original person gets kind of like the most royalty, if you will. That's where some of it where I might see it as like a scam sense in some ways with some certain maybe as areas of the whole NFT world is someone trying to sell off these certain things to be able to get their own income and it's almost it does pyramid down, I feel, to a degree with the, each each sale of oh, these NFTs. I've never heard that. Dang, I'll have to look into that. That's yeah, yeah. I don't have it I don't have concrete uh, on it just with what little bit I have seen. This mm-hmm. is one thing I think I understand about the way it does work, but uh, yeah, that's... Don't, don't call me that that's actual facts, but that's what it No, no, seen. I got you. I, yeah, I want to look at that though. That's that's an interesting thought. Um, I never I have not heard that, but that I like I said, I, I know very little about it, so but uh, well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, this lasted Thanks for having us, dude. Yeah, man, this was kind of fun. Um, I don't know how you guys felt, but I had a good time. It was a little bit different than. Oh, we definitely gotta do it again. Yeah, it's my first time kind of getting this experience of just, you know, just getting some stuff and actually like talking about it in this sense or this way. And uh, like I say, I've enjoyed it. It's been some interesting conversation so far. Yeah, it's kind of a different format. It's like we actually get to talk about some stuff in a in a different, like more real way. Um, and. Yeah, so I appreciate it. Um, I think that's all I got. Um, you guys let me know. Next time you want to do this, we'll make it happen. Heck yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I definitely wouldn't be opposed. Sweet. All right, boys. Well, that is it from Nick, Brandon, and Scott. We will see everyone next time. Yep. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the NCZ Speakeasy. I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you did, please rate us five stars and follow on your preferred platform to join us next time.